Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Um, well, as uh, Gustavo and Lourdes pointed out, I'll just give you a brief update on as far as our giving. Uh, roughly, unofficially, unofficially, we have about one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. So, math was not my strong suit. It's about thirty-five thousand dollars left. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to continue to raise money uh, till the end of next month. That's our plan. And um, should we need, if we need to, we will we can apply for a loan. But the way things are going, we may not have to do that. Amen. Amen. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your kindness, your generosity. I want to tell you, it's been a very uh, uplifting experience being able to work with you all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we now take time to go to the scriptures, as we continue our series, Lord, upside down. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're continuing our series, Upside Down. We're looking at the beatitude of, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. And it seems kind of like a paradox, an oxymoron. Blessed or happy are those who mourn. And yet when you hear the word or the term mourn, what comes to mind? Sadness, grief, death, right? And yet Jesus is saying, happy are those who are sad, who are grieving. They will be comforted. doesn't make sense. Well, let's go ahead and continue. Now, back in 2013, I believe it was 2013, the Spanish Navy commissioned that uh, four submarines be built. They were called the S-81 Isaac Pearl. It was state-of-the-art submarine. I believe the initial cost was $680. They had set aside for over $3 billion. The only problem about this particular sub was that it was overweight by 75 to 100 tons. Quick math, how much is that? 150 to 200,000 pounds overweight. And so if the sub went into the water, there's only direction it would go, down. It's a submarine. And so when you look at this catastrophe, how could it be? Well, in the whole planning process, they were off by one, one decimal. And one decimal Cost, it was going to cost roughly nine point, I think $9.8 million per extra meter that they would have to lengthen the sub to be able to account the buoyancy. Eh. I would not want to be that, uh, what would you say, engineer, architect, designer? Would not want to be that guy. It would take an additional seven years to correct it. And I believe, I think it was in 2021, is when the submarine was finally able to be launched and should be in service as of this year. 
Whew. One decimal. One little thing. And we think, okay, it's just a decimal. But one little decimal can lead to millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. I'd like to go to uh, the book of Psalms. Where is my clicker? Oh, my bad. Let's go to Psalm 32. I'd like to read a psalm that David wrote, a masculine. Psalm 32. And the psalm has a similar, uh, it's similar in the sense of, it's much like another psalm, Psalm 51. Okay, we all there? Psalm 51, uh, 32, 32, 32. <sighs> Blessed is the one whose transgressions are what? Forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Amen? When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my what? Groaning. Can I say another way of describing that is regret all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. David takes ownership. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's, how much? Unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Therefore, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all of you who are upright in heart. So as I indicated, we're in the middle of this series called Upside Down, looking at those who blessed for those who mourn will be comforted. Now, mourning. In the context of Matthew, the mourning that Jesus is talking about is not necessarily the mourning of losing a loved one, but that of our own past decisions, our sin. What leads to salvation? Before you have to have what? Repentance. Can you be saved for something that you're not sorry? Does it have meaning? Does it have value? Truly, when we miss, <coughs> excuse me, when we make mistakes, it's important that we recognize our own fault. And this morning that Jesus is talking about, now Jesus is not saying he wants us to be these sad people going around, because remember the context, blessed, happy. But in our walk with God, and in our daily lives, when we make mistakes, we have to own our mistakes. 
We face sometimes bad choices. We face the loss of a loved one, though. There are those, you know, times where, yes, losing a loved one is tough. There was also a time that Jesus lived in when who was in charge? Rome. And in the Roman world, was everything great? Was it the best place to raise children? Quite not. And not only that, the Jewish community, did they have a great relationship with the Roman government? No. Because they were what? They were being oppressed. We've talked about tax collectors, the traitors. What do they do? They collect taxes and give it to Caesar. So they're being extorted. They're being ruled over. And what were they looking for, especially in Matthew's context? They were waiting for what? A Messiah, a Redeemer. And they'd known, they'd heard, they'd read, as they read the scriptures, that there was to be a Messiah, a Redeemer, one who would take over and make things better. And in a way, blessed are those who mourn, those who wait are waiting for, long for, the Messiah. Now, mourning is a longing as well to be free from the pain and, and, and suffering that they were experiencing. So happy are those who long to be freed from sin, from loss, from greed, and being held back as the Jews were experiencing. <clears throat> Have you ever made a decision where you regret that big decision? I think all of us at some point, right? Is there a decision that you made in the past that perhaps still haunts you today and you wish you could do anything possible to change that situation? If I'm being honest, I do have one instance in my life that I wish I could change, but I can't. And the truth is, can I change the past? I can't. Now, I can make better decisions towards the future. We all can. But we can't change the past. We can only move forward. And in that, we can seek God's wisdom. We can seek God's help. Though we may mourn that loss of a loved one, of a, a past decision that's brought perhaps pain in our lives, and sometimes we're still maybe even feeling those effects, God still is, God's grace is still abundant and can help us to move forward. To fight. And then also to make better decisions moving forward. I'd like to go to one more passage. I'm sorry, I meant to put this. Mourning can refer to sin, loss, social evil, and oppression. I'd like to go to another passage, one that we're probably also familiar with. Jesus quotes it in Luke 4, when he goes into the, I believe it was the synagogue. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. And there's a promise here that we can find in the book of Isaiah. Are we all there? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed, anointed me to what? Proclaim what? Good news to who? To the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness 
for the prisoners. Does that sound like good news? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who what? Mourn. God's great desire to heal those, to comfort those who are mourning and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of what? Despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Is, is an oak a very bendable tree? It's rock solid. If a car and an oak tree get into a fist fight, who do you think is going to win if it's a big, strong oak? The oak will probably win. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And what I take from this is this. Jesus has the final say. Amen? Jesus has the final say to be able to work in our hearts, to grant us peace, salvation, the gift of salvation, which should bring us joy. Jesus does not want us to be in despair. So, moving forward, what do we have to do? We have to embrace our regret. We have to own our past decisions. Daniel Pink wrote in the Wall Street Journal um, some time ago that regret is the second most common emotion felt amongst human beings. What's the first one, do you think? Could be fear. How about love? Pink argues that regret isn't just common. He's going to say something very wild. It may actually be beneficial. Okay. So we've heard the term no regrets, right? But if we're being honest, do we truly live with no regrets? In fact, he argues no regrets is unsustainable. At a time when teenagers or even adults, they're dealing with unprecedented mental health issues. The financial future Is it looking awesome right now? It's not. The pandemic has caused uncertainty over all of our lives. And so he analyzed more than 16,000 individual descriptions of regret from people in over 105 countries. And one of those was from Abby Henderson, who was a 30-year-old at the time, who wrote, I regret not taking advantage of spending time with my grandparents as a child. I resented their presence in my home and their desire to connect with me. How horrible that a child is like, get away from me, grandma and grandpa. Rather than shut out this, so, and and now, sorry, my home and their desire to connect with me. And then she says, and now I would do anything to get that time back. How many of you miss the loved one? Rather than shut out this regret or be hobbled by it, however, she changed or altered her approach to her aging mother and father and began to record and compile stories from their lives. I don't want to feel the way when my parents died that I felt about my grandparents of what did I miss. Now regret, it feels awful. It's stomach churning that sensation in the present better than the future brighter if only you hadn't chosen so poorly decided so wrongly or acted so stupidly in the past. Regret hurts. Regret's not abnormal. 
In fact, regret is healthy and universal in the sense an integral part of being human. Equally important, regret is, val is valuable. It clarifies, it instructs, done right, it needn't drag us down, it can only lift us up. Wild take. But what does regret do? It helps us to point out the areas in our life that we need to tend to. Because if we don't deal with them, what's going to happen? It's going to make it worse. You can only kick the can so far down the road. Decisions in your past can haunt you and perhaps even have a physical effect on your life. So, by addressing loves and regrets, we can deal with how to move forward. Um, when regret brings us to repentance, it also brings us to salvation. It's part of being forgiving and setting free from our past through God's grace. Amen? How many of you have heard famous passage, come to me, all of you who are weary and what? Burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today is a very special day. As you can see, we have the emblems for communion. I'd like to invite uh, our, our elders and our deacons to please come forward as we get ready to serve. Today, I want to ask you, are you mourning anything? There's a decision in the past or something that happened that you regret. Is there, uh, are you mourning right now, grieving the loss of a loved one right now? Are you feeling broken down, feeling like there's just nothing left to live for? I want to ask, give it to God. Give it to God. And find peace enjoy may you be blessed so this week i want to pray i want you to pray and ask god to relieve the pain the mourning that you are experiencing and bask in his love and his grace father in heaven thank you lord for you are good and your mercy endures forever as we close this portion of our service lord help us to not take you for granted and lord where we are regretful of past decisions in our lives, we know that we can come to you because you are a God of grace and of love and have redeemed us. May we not take that for granted. And God, above all, help us to move forward with confidence, knowing that you are our redeemer. As we now move into the portion of the communion, Lord, may this experience not be just any experience, but an awesome experience. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.